God and the word is personal for you. He's going to speak it personally to you. Not that it's not for the person next to you, but that, that it's actually real and personal for you, specifically geared towards what you're facing, what you're going through, and that you would just set all of those, uh, those things aside this morning. All the things you're facing, all the troubles, all the concerns, that you would just push them aside like they don't exist, like you took your to-do list and you threw it out into the trash can, and that you would just focus in on the love of God meeting you this morning. It wants to meet you in a tangible, real way that's personal. So I'm going to pray over your heart this morning. Would you put your hand on your heart? God, we thank you that your word is a letter written to us that loves us. We thank you that your word is full of your love because, God, you are love. And so I'm asking, God, that you would meet with each of us specifically. No agenda. Just that your love would just meet us and engage us and change us and do all the wonderful things your love does for us, God. That we would just feel the love of God like never before. God, we just thank you. We thank you, God, that there is not, you're not too busy. You're not doing anything else. You're right here in this place to meet with us. And we just thank you for that, God. We ask that there would be an anointing on your word that would go deeper, that would get, dig into the depths of our hearts, our minds, that we might love God with all of us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, good morning. It's great to be in God's house, worshiping Him, and just enjoying Him. Last week, we, well, the last two weeks, we talked about living from the unseen. And we're going to talk about living from the unseen today, too. Right? We're going to talk about the substance of the unseen. Pastor Ruth shared two, that there are two worlds. We know that, right? There's a physical and a spiritual, or a uh, natural and a supernatural, or maybe it's a seen and an unseen. But there are two worlds, and they're both real. They're both real, but one is more powerful than the other. Hmm. You know, as we, as we look at the Bible, all through the Bible you can see evidence and stories and pictures of this unseen realm and what, how it affects the, re- the seen realm. The unseen realm is a realm, it's a realm of life that's not seen by us, but it's very real and very powerful. A lot of times we tend to ignore the spiritual realm because we don't understand it or because we can't see it. Um, and so we don't even think about it. You ever find yourself going along and you're not even thinking about that? But that realm is too powerful to be ignored. It's too significant to be taken for granted. Look at let me look at the key verse that we had for the, the verse, both the verse messages and today too. But I want to go back a couple of verses in that chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 16 in the Passion Translation. It says, so no wonder we don't give up. No wonder we don't give up. Who's we? Are you we? And you? Yeah, we're we. We don't give up. We don't give up, even though our outward person gradually wears out, unfortunately. Our inner being is renewed every single day. 
Every single day it's renewed. You're a new person. You're a new creature in Christ. Amen? And you're renewed every day. It says, with, we view our slight, short-lived troubles in light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal, weighty glory far beyond all comparison. And then verse 18, the key verse, because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Hallelujah. There's two things in that verse that strike me. First, seen things are temporary, and unseen things are eternal. Eternal. And the second thing that the verse tells us is that you're not supposed to be focused on the seen things. You're supposed to focus your attention on what? The unseen things. Wow. That's where our attention has to be. And the reason is very simple. That verse says it. The seen realm is temporary. It's passing away. It's subject to change. And the unseen realm is eternal. It's not subject to change and it's not passing away. That's what eternal means. It's here for a long time. Amen. It's super, the unseen realm supersedes the seen realm. It has so much, the unseen realm has so much power and influence over the seen realm that we can't ignore it, but we're rather supposed to focus on it, to put our attention there. And it's a matter of utmost importance. <clears throat> that key verse says, while we, not, we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. That's what we're looking at. I want you to think about what it means to live from the unseen realm. Just kind of ponder that thought in your mind. Close your eyes, for instance. Picture yourself. The Bible says that you're seated with Christ in the heavenlies. Can you picture that? Your picture might look a little bit different than mine, but just picture that throne and Jesus sitting on that throne and you're sitting there with him. You're sitting right there with him. The realm of glory and all of heaven is spread out around you. You're sitting right there with him. Hmm. It says in verse 6 of Ephesians 2, he raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated as one with Christ. You're seated with him right now. So while you're sitting there, begin to focus on that realm. Tell me things that you see. Tell me things you feel. Tell me what you sense. Think about it. Now, while you're thinking about that, I want you to listen to Colossians chapter 3. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. For that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. And now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for, we, for who he really is, you, who you really are, will also be revealed. For you are now one with him 
in his glory. Hallelujah. That's right. Wow. You've been resurrected from the dead. Not coming. It's already happened. You yearn for all that's unseen. You have possession of all the treasures of heaven. You've been crucified with Christ and you're dead to the world and you're hidden with Christ in glory. That's who you are. You live in the unseen realm and the seen realm. But the unseen is a powerful realm. There's two things that will significantly increase your influence and your ability there. Your thoughts and your words. They do more than you think. I want you to pay really close attention to this next phrase that I'm going to share with you. I, I think it's the bridge into the unseen. It's where we find that connection. The statement is this. Words are spirit. It just gripped me so strongly. Words are spirit. The words I speak, they are spirit. Jesus said, and he's an expert on all things spiritual. Really. He said in John 6.63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. And the words I speak to you, they are spirit and life. He said, the words I speak are spirit. The words I speak are spirit and life. And he only said what he heard the Father say. That's the Father's heart. The words I speak are spirit and life. In Proverbs, I want you to think about this. The words you speak are spirit. The words you speak are spirit. And this is one difference between Jesus and you. His words came out as life. But yours can come out as life or death. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. In the New Passion Translation, it says, Your words are so powerful they can kill or give life. You know, there's a war. There's a war. The words I speak, they're life or death. And when life is raised up, when I speak life, death is put down. I, don't, I can't speak both of them at the same time. And when I speak death, life is put down. There's a war, a battle going on. But the words you speak are the primary bridge to the unseen realm. The words you, the words you speak enable you to touch and influence the unseen. Think about this. You know that God is alive, right? It's pretty, pretty much a given. Yeah. And, but he's spirit. Yeah. And it says about his word, the word of God in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. I like the passage translation. It says, for we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, like a two-mouthed sword. That's pretty cool. Listen to a couple of these scriptures about God's word. He said, so my word shall be that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish that which I please, and shall prosper in the thing 
for which I send it. My word, it shall go forth and it will do what I said it will do, what I said it for. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. Faith empowers us to see the universe was created and mutually coordinated by the power of God's word. He spoke and the invisible or the unseen gave birth to all that is seen. The phrase in that scripture just grabs me. By the power of God's words. So powerful. And when we take God's word in our mouth, it's as if he is speaking it. Let me say that again. When you take his word and speak it, it's as if God is speaking it. We are speaking with him. That's what that verse in Hebrews 4.12 says. The, the um, little, there's an asterisk by the, the verse in my Bible. I don't know if you have one or not, but I like those asterisks. They're good. And this asterisk says, after the word says, for we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, like a two-mouth sword. And then I have an asterisk. And the asterisk says, then that on two-mouth sword, it's God speaks his word, then we in agreement also speak his word, and it becomes a two-mouth sword. Isn't that good? Amen. So when you take his word and speak it, it's as if God is speaking. It's like it says in Psalms 103.20, So bless the Lord, all his messengers of power, that are his angels. For you are his mighty heroes who listen intently to the voice of his word to do it. The voice of his word, that's the same as that two-mouthed sword. When you speak his word. Jesus said it this way in Mark 11, 23, 22 and 23 and 24. Then Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. Listen to the truths I speak to you. So listen, this is what he's going to say. Whoever says to this mountain with great faith and does not doubt mountain be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes that what he says will happen it will be done that's pretty clear that's the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer be convinced that you have received it and it will be yours that's Jesus that's what he said in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 we find a verse that gives it gives wow it's just incredible it says in King James or New King James says, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think according to the power that works in us in the Passion Translation it says never doubt God's mighty power to work in you to accomplish all of this he will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Wow. That scripture's loaded. It's loaded. It makes us understand that there's power in us. Hmm. And that's the reason we shouldn't go around praying for power. We should just believe that we have it. We should know that we have it. We have power. You're filled with power. Sam, filled with power. And the rest of you? Amen. <laughs> Amen. 
you're filled with power. You know how I know that? It says when the Holy Spirit comes, he brings power. When he comes, he brings power. You're filled with power. Divine Holy Spirit power. You've got power. And that power in you, it works in conjunction with your thoughts and your words. It causes God to do exceedingly abundantly above. That's, that's like, wow. That's like, I can't even express what it is because Paul says it's exceedingly abundantly above anything we could ask or think. Hmm. After all, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. He is so strong. So the first thing, if we want to do, if we want to... Um, Really step into the kingdom. The first thing is to change your thoughts. You have to begin to think according to God's word. I mean, it's tough. You can't just do that automatically. It It takes work. It takes effort. It takes controlling my thoughts. It takes, it's like Paul said, we take every thought captive. In Corinthians. Because there's so much power in your thoughts. Carrying the unseen realm. Because what happens in the unseen realm. Is eventually what happens in the seen realm. Everything in the seen realm. Comes from the unseen realm. Whether good or bad. Its origin is in. Unseen, the spiritual realm, and you, you carry such power in that realm, in your thoughts. The Bible encourages us in Romans chapter twelve to renew your mind, think differently. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change your thoughts. Let the Word of God change your thoughts. In um, Psalm 1, verses 2 and 3, it says, But his delight is in the law or the word of the Lord. And in his law or in his word does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Thou shalt bring forth his fruit in his season, whose leaf will not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Delight yourself in the Word of God. Think about the Word of God. It's like Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, think on these things. Think on these things. Think on the Word. Think on what. Don't think. Think, this is what you should think. I'm blessed, not I'm cursed. You should think all things work together for good, not this is never going to work out. Should I'm the head, I'm not the tail. Think on the things of God's word. Meditate on his word. Because your thoughts carry power in the unseen realm. So change your thoughts is the first thing. And then change your beliefs. As you change your thoughts, it helps to change what you believe about yourself. And as you change what you believe about yourself, it causes a change in what you believe is possible. And the Bible says, listen to this, 
The Bible says all things are possible to him who believes. That's what Jesus said in Mark 9, 23. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe it, all things are possible. Wow. And the scripture goes a little bit further. It, it says, what you believe, you become. I believe I'm the head and not the tail. You believe that? A couple of you. <laughs> the best time to determine what you believe. It's the best time to determine what you believe right now because it will influence what you become in life. It shapes the course of what you become. Your beliefs determine whether you are rich or poor. Whether you're a victim or a victor. Whether you're healed or sick. Change your beliefs. The third thing is change your words. And that's really important. It's just as important as changing your thoughts. When we renew our thoughts and change our beliefs, then the words we speak will be different. Remember, worlds are what created the world. God spoke and the world came into existence. Everything there is. I was watching a program on monkeys and on eagles and on bears. It was a three-part program. I was talking about, and I thought, the well, way they described it, they weren't speaking from a, a godly point of view, but they were just describing all the differences in the animal kingdom, how vast and varied it is. And I thought, just amazing what God created. Everything he made, everything came from his word. He spoke his word. He said, let there be bears of all different kinds and let them live in different places or whatever he said. But it came to pass and there's all kinds of bears. angels respond to the word of God as you speak his word angels respond to it we saw in scripture death and life are in the power of your tongue words are spirit and life they have so much power in the unseen realm you cannot you cannot you cannot take them for granted The words you speak are vitally important. God places so much value on words that when he wants something done, he sends his word. Right? He won't. In Isaiah 55, 11, it says, So shall my be... I'm going to start over. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and shall prosper thing in which I send it. Amen. The words God sends do not return to him void. They accomplish the purpose for which they are sent. They are part of the unseen realm. They are eternal. His word is eternal. And your words have the same properties that God says. God's word has. They don't return until they accomplish their purpose. Your words have power. Your words are spirit. 
and they change things. And the last thing that we have to change is our faith. How is your faith? Is it weak or is it strong? Everything in the kingdom operates by faith. Everything. We speak by faith. We think by faith. We live by faith. The Bible says, the just shall live by faith. Amen. In Hebrews 11, 6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. You've got to have faith. Faith is so important. You can have weak faith, but faith can, weak faith can only do so much in the life of a Christian. For a Christian, for you to be really effective, you must develop strong faith. <clears throat> yeah? Let me, let me look at the verse in Romans 4.19. It talks about weak faith. Says Abraham, this is this is who he's talking about, Abraham. So it says, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. So it says he wasn't weak in faith. So what is weak faith? It's the opposite of strong faith, obviously, right? But this verse gives us a couple characteristics of weak faith. It's operating while considering physical circumstances, because it says he wasn't weak in faith, and he did not consider his own body. It doesn't consider physical circumstances. It doesn't. Hmm. He didn't consider the fact that he was 100 years old and his body was dead. Or his wife's, wife's womb was dead. He didn't consider that. Because your circumstances have a way of weakening your faith. They put you into fear and they introduce doubt. Stop having faith for a job and then thinking about how bad the economy is at the same time. Yeah? Weak faith considers the circumstances and its limitations. Peter was walking on water. Yeah, it was really powerful. And then he considered the circumstances and he began to sink. Right? So don't consider the circumstances. And don't let your faith become weak. Or you can have strong faith. The next verse in Romans chapter 4, it says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Strong faith doesn't stagger. Right? That's what it says. It doesn't say, I know this is possible one minute, and then in the next minute say, but I'm not sure. I've been there. I've been there. It doesn't oscillate between God doing it and God not being able to do it. God is able. It doesn't stagger. It maintains the confession. God is able. I'm healed. I'm prosperous. I'm full of joy. Peace fills my heart. I'm blessed of God. Amen? It, if you're strong of faith then nothing changes the way you believe you don't stagger faith has no room for unbelief strong faith deals with unbelief it simply means you have faith but you could still have a little trace of unbelief 
but it's your responsibility to get in the word and in fellowship with God and deal with that unbelief. Get rid of it. Because strong faith glorifies God. Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to God. When you know what's available in the unseen realm, the treasures that are there, what God has provided, what God wants to do in your life. When you have a catalog of the spiritual realities that are available to you, you can give glory to God. You can be strong in your faith. And you, yeah, when, you, when, you cannot, when you cannot see the answer, when you cannot see any way for a situation to be resolved, a need to be met, whatever the problem is, when you can't see that answer, you can't give glory to God. You become weak in faith. But when you see it, you can praise God for it. You can give thanks to Him. Because strong faith gives glory, glory to God. Because it sees the unseen. A lot of us have varied opinions on God. I'm wrestling with God for my breakthrough. I don't know why God doesn't want to do this for me now. Why won't God heal me? God has given and he has taken. God put this sickness on me to teach me a lesson. God's time is best. And the reason I don't have an answer because it isn't God's time yet. These are opinions and statements. On the surface they look really spiritual. Yeah, I made some of them. <laughs> they make it look like God is the reason for their failure. Or their lack of progress in life. People that use these statements, myself included, when we realize that these statements are far from the truth and they keep us in bondage, then we need to repent. You need to say, hmm, God is so good. So good. If there's one thing that I know about God, that I have to come back to again and again, is that God gives and he does not take away. It says in Romans, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. He doesn't change his mind and say, I think I'll give you this today and then tomorrow say, no, you didn't want to do that, I'll take it back. It's not the way God is. He gives. He gives. All... <clears throat> As long as the promise is made by God to us in Jesus Christ, then it is yes and amen. <clears throat> Jesus, has, Jesus has made the only answer of God to his promises to us. Yes and amen. In 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, For all the promises of God in him <clears throat> are yes and in him amen to the glory of God by us. Your health is a yes and amen. Your dominion is a yes and amen. Your increase is a yes and amen. You're the head and not the tail. Your life and happiness are a yes and amen. You're above and above only and not beneath. 
There's so many promises of God toward you from Jesus. We couldn't read them all in one day. So how do we see? We receive what God is giving to us, all that he's given to us. We participate with him. We speak the word. We believe him. We trust him. And we stay faithful. And we receive what God is wanting to give us. Whenever we think that we don't have power and we start praying for it, then we operate in unbelief. We have power. We have authority. We have filling of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Jesus said it this way in Mark eleven twenty four. I read this already, but let me read it again. What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you have received them, and you shall have them. Whatever you pray about, believe that you have already received it, and you will receive it. Don't wait until you see it in the physical you see it in the spiritual. It's already done. God answers your prayer already. God's working. Operate. Operate in that unseen realm. Operate in the realm of the Spirit. Live in the unseen realm every day. Begin to change the way you think. I'm living in the unseen realm. Begin to see in that realm. Begin to, to understand what God is doing. Live in the unseen realm. Do you stand with me? Father, we rejoice in what you've given us. It's so You've given us access to the unseen realm, to the world of the spirit. You've made us spiritual beings. You've created us as new creatures in Christ. And you opened up heaven to us. And so, Lord, we participate with you. We stand with you. And we rejoice in what you've given us. Oh, we bless you, Lord, and praise you. And thank you. Put your hand in your heart this morning. The Lord bless you. And he will. He has. He is. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you. And be gracious to you. The Lord left you his countenance, his shining face upon you, and give you peace. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Go in his grace.